And we're here. And we're here. Welcome, everybody, to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. My name is Dylan Murphy. I am the introducer of the show, as well as a <laughs> songwriter, <laughs> uh, sometimes singer, uh, ardent guitar player. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, John Gillen. John, how the hell are you? I am doing well, and how are you vacationing in Vietnam? I'm good. Uh, the, v- the vacationing is over. I have found a house which I'm currently in. Welcome from tomorrow, by the way. I'm currently 14 hours ahead of you. But thanks to the, the wonders of technology, we were able to make this happen and find a time space that works. Uh, yes, I'm in uh, the Taiho district of Hanoi, looking out from the apartment that I've been given after sleeping in seven different beds over the last two weeks. Working my way through Vietnam, eating crickets, and uh, playing guitar, all, all, all the things that, that come with traveling Southeast Asia. Uh, I am now a citizen of the world. It is official. How are you? I'm, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Chugging along, man. Lots of guitar-y things happening. So that's good. Guitar-y. I need more guitar-y things in my life. That's why we have this podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Hooray. Hooray for so, folks. mutually beneficial guitar things. Absolutely. Folks, do we have a show in store for you? So we're taking a break from our interviews to talk about our favorite things, guitar solos. We're also going to talk about a certain type of pedal that John is a big fan of. We talk about what we've been listening to, if you haven't already. (laughs) Uh, What we've been listening to, what we've been working on. But first, as always, it is time for our Lick of the Week. So, John, it is your turn to pick. So I'm going to have a listen and we can talk about it afterwards. Oh. Ooh, um, I have. I'm trying to guess from the the oh in the background because I can't really put my finger on the player nor the song mm-hmm. nor the riff. But it is a good riff. It had my head bobbing like crazy. Uh, you're gonna have to enlighten me, John, because I have no freaking clue. Okay, so this is White Snake. Oh, God. <laughs> you had me dancing to a Whitesnake song. Still the night. Still the night. Very nice. So, yeah. okay, so I knew this was 80s. I, I knew from the, from the opening, opening note, the opening tone, that it was uh, 80s. So why did you pick this? Um, I, I just, I love the groove. It's John Sykes as the guitar player. It kind of um, an overlooks guitar player from that time period, late 70s, early 80s. And just, uh, just it's just a massive riff. I just love that, and I think it, I think it just sounds great. Correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm just going to give this a quick googs, but I'm pretty sure that John Sykes also played for Thin Lizzy. Yes. Yes. Oh, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've definitely seen some of his songs transcribed for Lizzy solos and stuff. Uh, very, very nice stuff. Very good guitar player. Yeah, he is actually. Like I said, I, I feel like he doesn't get enough love as a <laughs> as a guitar player. I don't. Uh, his stint with White Snake was not extraordinarily long lived, but he did write some pretty cool riffs, and that I think is one of them. It's just it's a classic, classic riff, and it's big. Uh, I'm gonna go back to that song and then stop after the vocals come in, <laughs> as, as, a, as a matter of principle. Uh, I will enjoy the riff and nothing more. <laughs> It's okay. It is time. Guilty pleasure. You can enjoy it. 
No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> friends, it is time for pedal talk. So we are going on. We are talking about the "Don't Bore Us, Get to the Chorus" pedal. Favorite of John's. Yes, we're here. John, with the chorus. Okay. So the explain chorus. yourself, John. Explain myself with the chorus pedal. Uh, I think. I mean, one of the interesting things with the chorus pedal is, of course, it, it does what it says it does. It takes the guitar, it splits the signal, and then it adds a little bit of delay and a little bit of vibrato essentially onto, uh, onto that original signal. Now, what's interesting enough about it, right, is just how it sounds like you've got these layers. Early Boston, like, that's, that's a big feel for what's going on there. So that's, if, if you go back and you take a listen to, to those tracks, you're going to find that's a good beginning place for the chorus. But of course, we've talked about Andy Summers um, and a yeah. lot of 80s solos. You're going to hear chorus on that. We talked about Eddie Van Halen using chorus a bit. We've talked about other players as well. And then, of course, uh, when you think of 90s, there's loads of chorus riffs in there, too. So chorus is an effect that sort of got a bad rap, I think, primarily from... 80s guitar solos but then <laughs> at the same time you've got everybody from stone temple pilots and nirvana and everybody else in that in the early 90s who were supposed to be breaking that mold still using the same effect so it's not just this like stuck in the 80s sound i think despite that i'm pretty sure we had we heard some chorus there on the lick of the week but you know <laughs> Very possible. I, uh, yeah, being White Snake and all. Um, I remember looking back on tab books for Red Hot Chili Pepper songs and there being a little, you know, annotated note that said with chorus. Mm -hmm. And I thought, what? What does that mean? The chorus is the part of a song. And then I <laughs> later realized that it meant the pedal songs like Mellow Ship Slinky and B Major and Californication. Uh, yeah, Shante was a big user. But I think the most famous use from music that I really like, of course, because I've never been crazy about it as an effect, but when it's used well, it's just, you can't beat it. I think of like Walking on the Moon. Oh, least yeah. A big one, maybe uh, Come As You Are, that kind of watery mm -hmm. effect at the start. Um, I know for a fact that Nirvana use of it was, I think it was the small, is it the small clone? Is that the chorus pedal I'm thinking of? Yeah, yeah. The, cool, the, so. Yeah. Yeah, so have you ever used chorus before? <laughs> he asks knowingly. Um, yeah, yeah, I have. Well, John? I am currently using an Arion uh, modded chorus. And this particular one is kind of that early 90s super warbly sound. It can go. <laughs> it, it is actually a pedal that you can switch between a vibrato and a chorus. That's the mod on this particular one. And cool it does give a little bit more of kind of that Stevie Ray Vaughan chorus to it that you can get it to, or you can go really super wide in that warble and get some cool sounds out of it and just play around with it. One of the ones, for example, probably the next one that I'm looking at getting is the C machine from earthquaker devices because okay. you know, I'm a sucker for earthquaker devices, but there's, there's a lot of other options that they include on there is like low pass filters and all sorts of other things. So, so let me get this straight. You're thinking of getting a second chorus pedal. Uh, just one that I can switch out <laughs> in weirder sounds. 
I see. Okay, I'm I'm not judging. No, I I I do think it's a cool effect. I think for like the Andy Summers stuff when you're playing those arpeggiated riffs. Actually, uh, Sanitarium by Metallica. That's a really good use of chorus for oh, those. Yeah. You know, that's that's a good one as well. Um, I think it depends on how it's used. You can really make it fit, especially like it's, it works really well on pop, you know, like more than a feeling. Uh, even it's kind of got that watery sound, you know, uh, what is it? Don't Dream It's Over by Crowded House. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's perfect. So having done a little bit of research into, you know, the chorus pedal online, it's like, you know, I, I, I don't know what to equate it to. It's like looking through, you know, things that you don't want in your life, but you have to pick one. <laughs> um, uh, I have found the highest rated one is the TC Corona. Uh, our good friends at TC Electronics, uh, great pedals. I think it's rated very highly because there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of control in there, you know, mm-hmm. in what you can choose. You know, the small clone only has really kind of one knob and <laughs> one knob. And you can also <laughs> use the, the, the tone print function as well you know, to beam stuff through that electronic wizardry. Uh, I, I actually used that tone print function at a gig recently. Oh, really? Uh, I, borrowed, I borrowed a friend's uh, like an, a TC Octaver, and I, you know, got the app, and I beamed it through my, through my phone, through my pickups, and the sound engineer thought it was the craziest thing he'd ever seen. He'd never seen anything like it, and i got to admit, it's pretty, That's pretty crazy. So, but what other pedals out there when you think of chorus pedals? Uh, I, I think honestly, the you know again, Boss. When you look at that CH one, like that's just kind of that's one that everyone's used at some point in time. The MXR is also a great one. Like I said, I'm a huge fan of the the C Machine stuff from Earthquaker, of course. But I, I mean, I think there's there's really a lot of options. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> it's kind of hard to pick just one. I guess, because it is one of those effects that does vary widely from manufacturer to manufacturer. And so gotcha. when, you're, when you're shopping for one, really listen to it. There's plenty of demos and try it out and just see, does that do all the things you're looking for? Because it can be something where it can be a really animated sort of thing. It can be something that can be hard to dial in just the way you yeah. want. If you want just a tiny bit of chorus, it can be something that can be really great. Um, but it just kind of depends upon which one you're looking for, you know? Is this the tone you're looking for? Excellent. Yeah. Uh, cool. So that is the chorus pedal, an introduction. Uh, I learned some things. I hope that you did as well. Uh, yeah. Listener, not you, John. You know everything. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know much about the tone print. And so when you're talking about that, I was like, that's pretty dope. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's, it's crazy. Like, I, I, I highly recommend people who are just getting into guitar pedals if you youtube the tone print function from tc electronics it's like it's it's the future it's 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 like something from a freaking sci-fi movie uh, so yeah check that out uh, so we are moving on to our topic of the day uh, of the of the episode it is our favorite solos so john picking our favorite solos it's like picking our favorite children it's you uh, know well, and i don't even have children as you think it is but you know <laughs> Sophie's choice, but for guitar solos. So, will we? Do you want to get the ball rolling? Do you want to give us one of your favorite 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 solos? Yeah, I, and and here's the thing. I guess with with solos, like we only pick two each, mm-hmm. and so this yeah. is just kind of a a general overview 
two solos, obviously it's super hard. There's so many great things out there. I chose two that were influential at different stages in my playing, development, inspiration, etc. And there are so many more that I could pick for similar and various reasons. You know, those moment, those eye-opening moments and, and those sorts of things. So, Yeah, we didn't really have any rules for picking solos. I mean, we we're, you know, we're going to play the solo in its entirety and then we're going to discuss it. But at the same time, no free bird. Yeah, exactly. So and- I was actually... Yeah, I was very tempted to put down the uh, Let There Be Rock solo at the end of that song by ACDC, but it's just like two minutes. Uh, yes, and uh, rest in peace, Malcolm. Malcolm, uh, yes. Yeah, I don't know if, if you saw that in particular, the, the picture of Angus standing at the back of the hearse. With no. His oh my gosh, dude. Heartbreaking oh. photo. Like, oh. God. Yeah, and apparently they lost their other brother like, five weeks ago or something like that as well oh my god yeah Whew. Uh, yes our, our our hearts go out to the youngs at this and the rest of the members of acdc uh yeah it's 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 a really sad time but moving on to the solos <laughs> anyway we should we little should little brief sad interlude okay yeah so uh, uh cool. I listen, I'll, I'll have a listen to yours first then shall i okay yeah absolutely so you, you this is my first choice this is the i could have lied solo by john frusciante of the red hot Chili peppers Okay, cool. <clears throat> okay, so why did I pick this? Yes, so, that's an excellent question. I have been on a bit of a Frusciante buzz, as I have, have said to you before. Uh, a friend of mine recently was at a Red Hot Chili Peppers tribute act and said, remember that band that you loved 10 years ago? Well, there's a cover tribute band of them that you should go see. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it's 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 uh, definitely a part of my life that I've kind of outgrown. But I do love Frusciante. I think he's a bit of a genius, and I don't like throwing that word around. But this he recorded this when he was maybe twenty one, twenty two. Mm. He was on this is from the Mellowship, uh, sorry not the Mellowship, the uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic album. This song is apparently written about Sinead O'Connor and Anthony Kiedis's brief love affair with her. Uh, for me, it's the it's it's all about the the other F word. It's all about feel. You can tell that it's just him and a him in a studio. Two lads are playing like Flea and Chad are uncharacteristically just pulling back and just letting him do his thing. You can tell there is no writing anything behind it. They just let him off to do it. Uh, there's a few moments like the bends are gorgeous. There's a few moments where he does that uh, playing behind the beat thing that Bumblefoot talked about before. Uh, with like you know he's not on beat one he's just a little bit behind I just I really really like it it's just uh, and we also uh, future interviewee uh, Chris Zupa who we had on the show recently who we will have re- we interviewed him recently we'll have him on the show soon. Uh, he we'll said that it's one of his on the show yeah 
he said that it's one of his favorite solos, which is weird because that guy is a shredder through and through. But right. I think he sees the 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 solo behind it, I suppose. Yeah, I think what's interesting about that, if if I may, like Please. I I was impressed with the timing. Some of the you know, you might say something about the note choice, but I I still feel like there's a lot of feel. There's a and, and even even those things that sound a little bit rough around the edges, I think add to the whole vibe of it. But his what I noticed with control, so his right hand control was Yeah was what gave it the dynamic. It wasn't a pedal that he was stomping on to grind things up a little bit. It's just digging into the strings a bit more. And I thought that was, there's a, there's a lot to be said for that as well. Yeah. That kind of right hand playing is really all over the album. You can hear in songs like funky monks. He is just digging into those strings just to get the tone out of his strat. And it really, really works. So John, I have a feeling that you were going to pick something completely different. Yes, absolutely. That's that's why we work well together, my friend. So absolutely. All right. Please tell us what it is. So this is the solo from Van Halen's "Right Now" off of the Foreign Lawful Carnal Knowledge album. <laughs> what okay. Does that spell. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, wow. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to it. We'll discuss it after. We'll 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 regroup. My face, it's gone. It melted. Okay. Uh, John, that was gorgeous. I really liked that. Can you tell us why did you pick it? Why not any other Van Halen solo? Uh, I, this is probably my favorite solo just because I think there's some great melodic moments in it, but at the same time, it's, it just seems to be phrased really well. It's, very, it's, it's a very well-structured solo, despite the fact that it's kind of crazy, over-the-top Eddie Van Halen. It's got everything else you'd expect from pinch harmonics and blinding fast runs, but it, it just, for me, again, like part of the reason I like this solo is because it was an inspirational solo. I just, I remember this hearing this song and, or watching the video of this song actually at a friend's house and his older brother was really into Van Halen. And I, this like opened my eyes to like, Whoa, you can do that with a guitar. That's amazing. So this, this for me became one of the inspirations to actually pick up the guitar in the first place. But as you can hear, there's just, there's, there's typical a lot going on, but at the same time, I don't think it's over the top for Van Halen. You know what I mean? I, I think there's plenty yeah. of instances where you can point to a Van Halen so and just be like, well, that's just pure wankery. And this doesn't strike me as much. So I don't know if any takeaways from that. Yeah, you might as well jump, exactly. Um, I really like it uh, because it's got a lot of... The, those pinch harmonics at the start are just like, oh, what's going to happen next? It's just, it's really exciting as a guitar solo, but also there are little parts where I can totally figure out what he's playing. Just the, like, like the Hotel California, the kind of the triplet feel there. Yeah, that, uh, the little it's, it's ending up to the note. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah, so... I really, really like it. A lot of people will look at Eddie Van Halen and be like, well, he doesn't know anything about blues. It was like, are you kidding? Like half the licks in there are, are standard blues licks, you know? 
Um, and, and that's so I, I think there's there's a lot to be said for that. And there's a lot of again, let's let's use the, use the F word. <laughs> there's a lot of feel in it as well. So yeah. Also, the the phrasing is just really really good. Which is not an F word. No, it's a PH word. <laughs> the PH word. Uh, so my turn again. Uh, I'm going to uh, basically take something that you just said. I'm going to take a solo that made my jaw drop and go, oh my God, you can do that with a guitar. Uh, this is really hard to pick a solo by this player because there's so many, but I picked the Know Your Enemy solo by Tom Morello of Rage Against the Machine. Mm. And it sounds like this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you, I can remember when I first heard the solo, I was on the school bus when I was maybe about 12 or 13 and somebody passed me his Walkman and just played that album for me. And I was like, oh my God, it's just so exciting. I, I, I love how it doesn't sound like a guitar. I love the alternate picking runs. I love the, the toggles. It's, it's quintessential Morello in like, maybe 45 seconds. It's just bonkers. What I, what I think is interesting about it too is in some ways, if you listen to just the first half of that solo, you could possibly mistake it for Steve Vai. Ooh. Ooh. Because of the same, like the harmonizer thing. So yeah. roughly the same time period, 91, 92, Steve Vai uh, released Passion and Warfare and used a lot of, not the same harmonizer stuff necessarily that Tom Morello was using, I don't think, but it, it was, it has a very similar feel and he's got that blinding fast run right there in the middle of it. But then it gets, it gets really Tom Morello-y, you know? Yeah. He, he goes all toggle switching and basically the DJ scratching and yep. it's, it's amazing. It's just, it's pure whammy as well. It's, it's like a, they should use it on an advertisement for a whammy pedal because it's just like the coolest use of her. It's great. It's great. I love it. Cool. So your turn now. So I'm going to guess you're going to go for something a bit, maybe a bit different. It, or maybe it is not. a bit, but not wholly different to be perfectly honest. So again, I was kind of looking at things and thinking back, what was something that just inspired me to, to jump on the guitar again? And I had kind of just sort of, hit this plateau it was like everything to me just felt like i'd listened to it before it sounded the same and then i'm gonna someone... guess is it is it steve vi <laughs> no i'd actually no. been listening to a lot of steve vi and so and that was part of the problem because it was just kind of like all right well i listened to that and uh, i don't know what else and i was kind of in this lull of instrumental guitar music and i, I wanted more but there just wasn't anything out there and i had a friend introduce me to animals as leaders Actually, oh. I think it might have been a student, but 
And when they came out with their first album, which I think was 2009. And anyway, they, I, I heard this album and there was elements of jazz and elements of metal and rock and everything else in it. And it's a shred fest. Sure. <laughs> but at the same time, it, uh, it was just, it was something that it was like, wow, you're combining all these different and interesting harmonic elements, interesting technical things in it. And I, it was something that I really, it was inspiring. It was like, oh, hey, okay, this is something that kind of, it's another level to work towards. It's something else. But this solo in particular is off their first album and the track is from On Impulse. And it's, what I like about this is it's not pure shred fest. So it's going to open with this crazy fast run, but then it settles into a really, it's a singable melody, which I think is a perfect example of kind of what a lot of that album encapsulates. So you've got good harmonies, good melodies, and the occasional just blinding fast shred stuff. So I'm going to shut up and let you take a listen to it. I'm very excited. You should be. Like how do you how, how do you even start playing that sort of uh, my my brain I can't it hurts my brain I liked it I liked it a lot but my brain um, yeah I can see what you're what you're saying there the whole the phrasing and you've got like the lightning fast runs but you've also got slower moments just feeling the groove uh, yeah a part of that was me trying to figure out what time signature it was in um, <laughs> what uh, but no I, I really really enjoyed that yeah I remember when I first met you the first thing I asked was like oh what kind of guitar do you listen to and you said animals oh okay this yeah takes I, I think my actual answer was probably instrumental guitar nerd music but that's quintessential animals <laughs> as leaders um, it may as well it. they're synonymous right yes friends if you liked this we could do more favorite solos in the future uh, maybe if you like this maybe we will, when we share this on social media you could tell us of your favorite solos um, what did, do you agree with our choices? Do you disagree? Of course, everything's personal and subjective, but uh, or objective, should I say? Uh, but yeah, uh, tell us what you think. We can do this again. I think it was fun. I enjoyed it. So I, I found it. I loved it, but I also found it very difficult to narrow it down. Right, but I think if we just plan on doing it again. So regardless of what you think, we're going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> we care what you think, but also don't. <laughs> Right. But we value your contributions. Anyway, so, uh, but I think, I think that moves us on into the next segment, does it not? John, what have you been working on? What have I been working on? So, this is interesting. A few weeks back, Neely Brosh was on the show. Oh, yeah. I had a student come in and she said, I want to learn Adaptable Creatures, which is a Neely Brosh tune. And I was like, oh, cool. sweet, fancy Moses. So I, would, I did send out an email to Neely and say, hey, do you happen to have the music for this? And she said, no, but if you come up with the music, let me know. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's going uh, to be my task for the next week or so is uh, just working on 
<laughs> tabbing out uh, adaptable creatures. All the I'll see parts. you in twenty twenty, John. Oh, <laughs> right. uh, exactly. So that's that's going to be my big project for the interim. What about yourself? Well, as you may know, for the last two weeks, I have been guitarless and slowly going a bit insane. So I have basically been allocating all of my guitar playing to watching guitar player videos on YouTube. And there's some really, I've been getting into really into Rob Baker. Uh, I think he's just, he's, he's great. I really like what he does. We'd love to have him on the show soon, Rob, if you are listening, which you probably aren't, but we'll forward this on to you anyway. You will be I really soon. Like yeah, I really uh, like his approach to, to guitar playing and the passion behind it all. And yeah, but I should be getting, uh, I was thinking like acoustic, electric, acoustic, electric. I'm only here for a few months. So I'm going to buy an acoustic guitar hopefully tomorrow uh, here and I can get back into actually working on stuff. Which will, would be will, great. Will they custom tailor it just like your shirts? <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, no, but my, my custom leather bag over there never leaves my side. Uh, gorgeous yes, I love bag. Vietnam. My goodness. I love my bag. I love my Vietnam bag. Uh, what have you been listening to, John? So this week, I am kind of preparing myself a little bit. There is a Periphery and Animals as Leaders show coming oh. up in Denver. Oh. So I'm going to go see that over my anniversary weekend because my wife is amazing. That so is, massive shout out snaps. to her to let me go <laughs> to a guitar nerd concert on our anniversary weekend. So I'm just picturing every guy there just looking like you. Yeah. <laughs> Such a handsome crowd. Yes, exactly. And it'll be mostly guys because these shows usually are. But anyway, um, where was I going with this? What I've been listening to. So I've been yeah. listening to uh, some Haunted Shores this week. Haunted Shores was a project between Misha Mansour and uh, Mark Holcomb both of the guitar players from Periphery, but a side project. And cool. when I saw them in London with friend of the show, Matthew O'Callaghan. Hello, Matty. He, um, yeah, they, they played uh, Haunted Shores tune there as well. So we'll see if they do it again. That would be exciting. And we'll go from there. Now, I presume they still have music in Vietnam. You've seen some music. That might be an interesting story. <laughs> oh, God. <So. laughs> uh, recently, I went on a, uh, after, after one too many gin and tonics, because I'm a classy gal, uh, <laughs> I went on a spiel to John and Maddie about. So we arrived in Hanoi, and one of the first things we see on a Facebook page is a Jimi Hendrix tribute night. And I went with... I set my hopes too high, John. If you lower your expectations, you'll, you'll fly through life. But I set my hopes too high. No actual playing. Uh, no, I, so I went, it was, okay, so I believe that the, the backbone, it doesn't matter how good a guitar player is, the backbone of any band, be it tribute band or, you know, cover band or original band is a good drummer. And this drummer was all over the shop, just like Oof. he was, he was, you know, he was, charging his phone on the side of the stage. He was, you know, smoking a fag while playing drums, trying to look cool. It was just crap. Plus, Mitch Mitchell is one of the best rock drummers ever, so you gotta, you got to really pay attention to what he's doing and he can give crap. It reminded me a lot of those gigs that you go to when you start playing music when you're about 15 or 16, and you go to these gigs on the weekend to see, like, the local acts your age, and it's just guys who have clearly not rehearsed. And also, they played for about 30 minutes, took a 40-minute break, and then 
played the set again. What? In a different the order. <laughs> the same five songs or whatever. Oh, dude, it, it was it was killer. And I kept on yelling for castles made of sand and it never happened. Uh, yeah, but apart from that, uh, I've been trying to keep a daily journal of Vietnam and I've been listening to a lot of backpack rap- rappers, uh, Milo, Bus Driver. Uh, Bus Driver is like ridiculous. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm getting into like playlists from that. Also, Samus, who is this amazing uh, female rapper from the States who I mm-hmm. really, really enjoy. So yeah, so that's me. Uh, John, this has been very exciting as my first uh, Viet podcast. Um, so uh, I hope that sound quality worked all right. And I look forward to seeing you next week. That sounds great. I will see your shining face then. Post periphery. <laughs> yes. If you say, you might your face might not be the same because it will be melted. It could be. It could it, be. Yes, or smashed in from the pit. I don't know. From periphery pits, pit's not that bad. It's not a Slayer pit. So. I'm picturing a lot of people wearing glasses. Yeah, that's probably a fair bit. <laughs> that, that was kind of the way it was in London. It was a good mosh in London, but yeah, a lot of nerds. Glasses. Nerds. Yeah, okay. Anyway, class. Friends, we'll see anyway, you next week. Stay, stay sharp. sharp.